0: And welcome back to And The Winner Is Where we review each winner of the Best Picture Oscar one at a time And this episode we will be in the hills that are alive with music uh, While we discuss the 1966 winner Sound of Music And joining me as always, my co-host Tony Yodley, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we will be discussing the uh, Dame Julie Andrews starring Sound of Music So let's dive into our notes to start with. Um, So it was released on the 29th of March 1965 here in the UK uh, and was released just a few days later on the 1st of April 1965 in the US. It had a budget of $8.2 million. Do you want to take a guess at how much it made?
1: Oh, I got to say something. Probably these are all sort of globe adjusted. But I would say something ridiculous,
0: like $200 Uh, it was 159 million, four, 428,329 pounds uh, dollars. So <laughs> yeah, it was uh, You can safely say it was a massive hit, and we'll talk about yeah. why that was that was good um, as we go into these notes. So my first note is that uh, Christopher Plummer actually hated working on the film, um, and he took to calling it either the sound of mucus or S <laughs> and yeah. Um, was what he uh, he Excellent. tended to call them, uh, and he also accu- accused accused uh, Julie Andrews of being like being hit on the head with a giant Valentine's Day card. <laughs> um, but they actually continued to be friends right up until his death. Um, so um, they did bro. get over it eventually. Um, in real life, the Von Trapp's house would go on to be owned by Heinrich Himmler and was visited by Hitler himself on a few occasions. Wow. Um, Edelweiss was the last song written by Hammerstein before he died. It wasn't an original Austrian song. It was actually written by Hammerstein himself. Um, When the film was released on VHS, it stayed in the charts for more than 250 weeks, Uh, (laughs) which is just ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Every year, a sing-along sound of music plays at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. Um, Absolutely. The film is credited as the saviour of 20th Century Fox after the financial disaster of Cleopatra. Um, Interestingly, it's not the first film uh, starring Julie Andrews that would save a studio. Mary Poppins also did the same (laughs) for for Disney. Um, (laughs) And she's doing it again now for Disney (laughs) Plus. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the film has been picked by the UK government to be played to increase morale after a nuclear disaster. The government (laughs) will not confirm this as it's a secret. Um, But that's great. Julie Andrews was actually cast before Mary Poppins was released. So she was a complete unknown at the time when she was cast as Maria. Uh, Plummer recorded all his own vocals, but ended up being dubbed by Bill Lee of The Mellow Men. Uh, The film hired 4,500 extras to star in the film. Um, Wow. The original Maria on Broadway, Mary Martin, earned $8 million in residuals from the film. Julie Andrews earned $225,000. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, Audrey Hepburn declined the role of Maria while the film was with Paramount. Hepburn had replaced Andrews as the lead in My Fair Lady after Dame Julie originated the role on Broadway. Yeah, so it all swings in roundabouts. Um, 20th Century Fox paid $1 million for the rights, which was quite high due to the fact that they were in financial trouble at the time. Um, Fred Astaire and Mia Farrow were both, both considered for roles, as well as Richard Burton, Sir Sean Connery, Ben Crosby, and Maxwell Schell for the role of Captain Von Trapp. And this was the first Oscars to be broadcast in colour. Um and it was up against the following films, Darling, Doctor Shivago," Ship of Falls, and A Thousand Clowns. Um, well, I think of all those,
1: I've seen bits of Doctor Zhivago, but I've never seen any of the others.
0: No, um, I haven't either. So that was, it was a, it wasn't the strongest year, let, let's put it that way. In fact, um, I don't think
1: I've heard of two of those.
0: No, so. I hadn't either. Um, so let's let's jump right into to our thoughts. Um, my first thought is that there's no 20th Century Fox fanfare. Mm. Uh, it's just the logo. There's no fanfare to it, which is it's a strange one. Well, obviously, we've come yeah. accustomed to, to that over Absolutely. the years. Um, and obviously, we get the the beautiful opening scenes and the the really iconic <laughs> shot, right? From
1: it's the a word go. wonderful sequence. It's so lush. The visuals are fantastic in that sequence.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and obviously, we get it's right up front with with the first big number right from the word go. And ten minutes into the film, until we get our first spoken word, which is which is just ridiculous for a film, an Oscar winner, to not have anybody talk for ten minutes, just sing at you.
1: But this must be a Robert Wise thing, because didn't flea um, yeah. story have a similar kind of 10 minutes before we get any proper dialogue? Yep.
0: yep, and then straight off from that, you get the first dialogue and another song within the first 15 <laughs> and minutes. Yeah. Lots of um, <laughs> So I did say, how do you solve a problem like Maria? It definitely feels like a Disney song with all the harmonies yes. and stuff in it. Um, yeah, you could have yeah. certainly... Seen it being in a in a Disney film, um, but yeah. it's it is strange as well because from the opening, Julie Andrews' performance still quite feels quite inexperienced, despite the fact that she had already done Mary Poppins at this point. She she'd filmed it, but it hadn't come out, mm. um, so she did still seem quite inexperienced in in filmmaking. But as the film goes on, she does become a bit more confident. I I found. Yeah. Um, but I, well, say, well, I do like about this? Go on. I was just going to say when she does leave the convent at the start, it does seem like Maria becomes very Hollywood all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I like that sequence, and also that the Maria song just sets up the sort of character we're going to get from her, and the, yeah. the,
0: this wonderful
1: free mm-hmm. spirit. The bit where she comes back in and traipses off at the end of the song—it's
0: just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do do have to know, why is it that she only plays singing nannies at this point in her career? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> her first two roles, she is basically a singing nanny. Yeah. Um, it's, all, it's all about the confidence, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do know on something that we've already spoken about, um, Christopher Plummer is a right stuck-up pillock at the beginning of this film. <laughs> he really and is, I, is. He's a real this. <laughs> And I think it's pretty much how he felt about filming. Um, yeah. That, that's what comes. Though it does, it comes across as quite humorous at times in the film.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. great in the film. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yes.
0: Just... Uh, I do like that they expand on the children's characters. It's not just concentrating on the adult characters. I think we yeah. do get a lot of background into the the children. Well, um, well, that
1: that whole opening with, with the, the whistle scene is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we our, our first
0: uh, first appearance of young Spider-Man. Yes, which uh, I've got a note later on that says Spider-Man in his pump. <laughs> um, but, yeah, obviously, Nicholas yeah, Hammond, Hammond course, yeah. would go on to play Spider-Man um, in the TV series. Um, <coughs> I did say that there's a complete string of songs in this that are in the public psyche is yes. absolutely ridiculous at how... It's just song after song that everybody knows. Um, and I know
1: we mentioned this before, the musicals, and I think the difference with this one is, as, as the film goes on, it doesn't feel like they're all in the top half of the film.
0: No, exactly, it does. They're, and they're and all, as, all I said, in the back end of the film. I said at the start that we get two of the big numbers, but they are spread out across the, the film, and obviously we get reprises of certain songs as well throughout yeah, the film. Yeah. Um, mm. but I, I, you, I agree that they are spread out wonderfully because
1: um, I mean, we, we discussed it on a couple of occasions with the musicals haven't we in the past where a lot of the ones that everybody's familiar with all seem to be before the majority of before the intermission area um, yeah. and, and some of the songs in the second half of the film never feel quite so strong yeah but, but that's not the case, case at all
0: with this one yeah definitely not they're, they're definitely very spread out um, then we get on to um, the the scene of the conservatory, which I think is really sweet. Um, and again, we we dive into the children. That obviously we get the um, their song where they kind of go to bed, where they're saying good night, and and another song that's in the the psyche of everybody. Everybody can recite that song, um, yeah. which is just just great. Well, again,
1: it's Again, this is another of these films that has given Seth MacFarlane so many great gag opportunities in Family Guy,
0: and apparently is a massive fan. It's not that, that he's, he's taking; he's just a huge fan yeah, of the film. It.
1: Yeah, explains um, a lot because there's even one. There's an episode where the three of them come down the stairs like dressed
0: like the kids, and Peter's <laughs> there with his whistle, and it's just... <laughs> yeah, uh, and and the little the little kid is so cute, especially oh, in this song. Okay. She's just. She's just brilliant. Um, The locations are just amazing. I read that apparently they were meant to be in Austria for six or seven weeks, and they ended up being there for 11 weeks because the weather was so bad. Um, They didn't realise they were going to get rain and and everything. So it took them four or five weeks longer to film than it should have done. Um, And at this point, I think Julie's coming into her own. She's very charismatic by this point in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said early on, she is still quite inexperienced as an actress on screen. Um, yeah. But well, we already see Maria's learning the game from for the scene
1: with the with the frogs and the and, and the pine cone, and she's already yeah. playing the game of not dobbing the kids in and just trying to get them on side. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, I did say that Do Re Mi got, seems to go on forever. They just keep repeating it's it over a, and over again.
1: It's a very long... Like, it kind of comes in two halves, doesn't it? Yeah. I was just uh, like a song. We we get the bit that everybody likes to sing and knows, and then we get the sort of the bit with the sort of changing notes and stuff before yeah. getting back to the Do ray Mi. But it does seem to go on for quite a while as a yeah. track, as a sequence in the film.
0: Yeah, it really does. I was I was surprised at how long it did go on for. Then I said it was nice to see Captain Von Trapp loosen up a little bit. Um, I wonder whether he'd come to the point where he kind of was like, "Well, I ain't getting out of this. I'm just going to give it my all." And because he's very much a different character at this point, and obviously that's what an actor's job is. Um, But I do wonder whether he'd kind of accepted the fact that he was going to be in this film and that was it, and then make the best of it. Because it's it's a great, as you say, it's a great performance. He really is really is good just
1: by this point we've we 've had the Maria song, we 've had confidence we 've had i am sixteen or whatever it 's called yeah favorite things and do uh, me already in this film
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um, my next note was um, Max Max is very unlike any other character in the film um, mm. he's kind he's quite comedic compared to everybody else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also this naivety about him as
1: well, where he doesn't want to sort of tread on the the Nazi party's shoes or anything like that. He wants everybody to get on, or or just try and get by, I should say, as opposed to get
0: on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I then said this is kind of more to the point of what we've been talking about. Um, Where we've had difficulty before kind of discussing story when it's come to musicals, uh, this mm. feels more like a drama with a few songs thrown in that fit yeah. into well, the story. Got, yeah, well you've got you've got the whole Nazi party next door thing
1: going on as well in the background, which is a nice little sort of yeah. plot just wavering in the background, which doesn't really affect the top the first half of the film, but suddenly will start to sweep in because um particularly to Rolf, who's such a character. He's one of those characters feel you really want to punch him on the nose yeah <laughs> just a little
0: shit. yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely then then moving on to the the puppet show i always oh. find puppet shows really strange but this is so well done it, it's just brilliantly put on and performed by everybody
1: such a great song as well i love yeah. that
0: song yeah go heard song. yeah
1: I may
0: have sung along to a bit of that <laughs> yeah and as we said this is this is a film that you can sing along to it because yeah. all those songs are so well known um, I also noted that the house once it gets to the, like the the ball and, and everything like that it really is grand it's a beautiful looking set and film all together um, and that, that ball scene really does sell it um, and yeah. the dark I, I find the dance scene between Von Trapp and Maria really quite awkward. Um, mm. Like it shouldn't really be happening. Like neither of them want it to happen, but it just does. Um, mm. Which is a strange one. And then obviously we get the the intermission, which I wasn't expecting. I didn't know there was one. Well, yeah, um, because.
1: As I, th- I think I saw on uh, earlier my notes because it, it's when it's shown, of course, on non commercial telly, it doesn't have one. I think oh. the BBC might have had the first rights to it in this country. And it was just yeah. shown, it's always been shown as like a 170 odd minute film on there. So the last time I, but I've seen it twice this year now because um, I caught it on BBC earlier in the year. And of course, there isn't one, it just plays straight through. Yeah. And then watching this time around on Disney Plus, and i i don't think i've ever seen it with the intermission before yeah i kind of i think i was aware that there probably was one but i don't think i've ever seen it in there before yeah Uh, and we forget doing these sort of 50s and 60s musicals that they had these things
0: yeah yeah Obviously, it's it's not a common thing obviously we saw one with return of the king didn't we um, but uh, it's very rare that we, we get one these days. So then jumping yeah. <laughs> into the. the one I at the cinema was um, Dances with Wolves, perhaps in 1990. So... Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Man. So then we jump into the second half of the film. Uh, and one of my first notes, and I don't know why I didn't write it earlier, I actually worked with someone called Liesl, who I, oh, I'm wow. assuming is named after the, the character in Sound of Music, um, because <laughs> she's. She's very much. Uh, her surname is very English, and I'm just assuming her parents were fans of the film. Um, yeah. Then we get the the return of the nuns. Um, we can certainly see the influence it's of Maria. See, so to... I'm not singing Mother Superior. Just cracks me up, really. Yeah, and you can very much see the the influence that this film has on the likes of Sister Act. Um, yeah. You can certainly see it's a it's a new take on on that. But um, and that that song and that
1: role, particularly in stage versions of stuff, that's one of those plum sort of support role songs, isn't it? But they don't yeah. have a lot to do in the film. But then they get a breakout song. Yeah. And she, yeah. And she's climbing every mountain for ages, and it's just fantastically done.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Although I I, 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 had, I did write down it's my least favourite song in the film just because of the change up of pace on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It does slow down a little bit. Um, mm. I also felt there was a, a change of look to the film when we returned to the to the nuns. It, it looks different. It's like it's duller. There, there seems well, to be. I less... think that
1: that's probably deliberate choice as well because we're creeping towards the sort of the Nazi bit of the subplot, aren't we? As well. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that was a deliberate choice or wise's part.
0: Yeah, I, I would assume so. I can I, I can only guess because it is very very noticeable. The impending gloom or doom that's coming. Yeah. Um. I also thought the the breakup of Von Trapp um and his his girlfriend at the time or fiance as she was is it, very simple, uh, but it's quite a sweet breakup. It's it's very understanding
1: there's some interesting scenes with her. I mean, when we jump straight back after the intermission, the bit with the dodgeball is just so funny. Yeah. They're clearly taking the piss out of her. The way they're throwing the ball, it's fantastic. Yeah. Because she's a strange character. She only seems to just exist there to sort of kick Maria out briefly. Yeah. And then say goodbye to to the Baron herself because she can't replace him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. But as I said, I, I quite like the the breakup itself because she's quite accepting of it. I think I think she already yeah. knows. Yeah. Um, but I also yeah. still feel that the relationship between Captain Von Trapp and Maria is still quite awkward at this point. Um, it's not until later on, and we're already two hours into the film at this point, and yeah. um, they're they're not particularly connecting for me on screen and then it quickly jumps into them getting married
1: yeah um, yeah. Man, which...
0: yeah it just it seems a little bit awkward and that's possibly my only letdown is that, that the screen, screen chemistry isn't particularly there until later on in the film um, mm. and particularly when he
1: reveals to her that he, he sort of fell in love her from right from the pine cone moment yeah dude why didn't you just do something about it then
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because I've seen bits of this film, but I think this is about as far as I've ever got into it. I don't think I've ever seen it all the way yeah. through, because um, it's always been one of those ones that you kind of turn the telly on and it's on, and you'll yes, sit and yes, watch yes. it for a little while. Because of the length of it, you don't mm. sit there and watch the whole thing unless that's you've specifically gone to watch it. Um, yeah, yeah. No. but I have to say, I don't think even the introduction of the Nazis spoiled. The- the film, I think it's no. it's such well, it's, a small part of the it, film. It it, just, it, it it just adds an extra,
1: fresh just an extra interesting element for me. Yeah. Um. There's a couple of great scenes. The scene where, where he, I love the scene where the Baron just rips up the, the, the flag, the yeah. swastika. Dude, you've got some brass balls. It might be time for you to leave now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we see Rolf with his brown shirt. And he's just you, oh, twat. But again, it, yeah. it's just a throwaway moment to sort of capture how easily some of those kids were duped into joining.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then we kind of come to the end of the film, don't we, with the with the talent contest uh, yeah. and everything, and it, it kind of tails off, and it's quite edge-of-the-seat stuff as you get to the end. I, I love the...
1: Well, very, in fact, from the moment Rolf comes with the telegram requesting that the Baron has to go and join the Navy, it becomes a, a last sort of act, is a, is a race against the clock, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the prize announcements. I think they're hilarious. When, when the certain <laughs> people are coming on stage and doing just one bizarre one just things. I it's just
1: brilliant. She's so funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't get just, her on stage. It's genius. Yeah. Um, obviously, we get the troubling ending of the Nazis coming to find them and them trying to escape, and and the boyfriend yeah. oh, kind of come out, them the them. Yeah, really yeah. tense moment. Yeah, um, just horrible. And then you get some some great bits with the nuns again um, to lighten the mood. Um, I that, think yeah, it's there's,
1: just there's another fantastic Family Guy reference to that, isn't there? With them. Um, I think Peter, may, one of the characters, is watching sounding music on telly, and they cut to the the, the, to the the nuns making a confession. Yeah, and the ones with the car parts, <laughs> and the others are holding the
0: head of Rolf. They started it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, brilliant. Uh, and then obviously we end on that iconic location again, which we spoke about at the at the start of the film, um, which will forever be part of design guys coming yeah. from sander music um so yeah any any more thoughts for you tony before we dive into our our final bit um no i
1: i i say i've actually seen this film twice this year because i watched it earlier in the year um i think it was on easter time maybe um I sat down and watched it i've not seen it in a long time so the fact that it should come up again this year was just a good understand. It's a, I love it, it's a great film well, I've, I've said on the, um, the West Side Storm record, it's one of my favourite directors of, of all time as well I think Wise did some great stuff, for fantastic TV, this sits just alongside I, I think creatively West Side is probably a better film but from an enjoyment point of view this is the better film of the two of his musicals uh, it's, it's a film I can revisit every year quite easily, it's just good fun there's that little dark element in the background that serves the third act, where they just, that serves as the sort of race against time element. And it's just full of interesting characters, some great moments, some fantastic singable songs. Oh, I really enjoy it, I love it. It's a, it's a cracky film. Uh, for me, it's a Stone Cold classic. Fully deserved its win. Uh, great visuals, say, so some great, good score some truly funny moments and a, that are really tense last ever. And and for me, I'd, I'd easily put this around 92,
0: 93%. Well, let's let's give my final notes. Um, what a film. Great songs, great story, great performances. Only struggle I have is the early chemistry before, between Von Trapp and Maria um, in the relationship, but that is quickly fixed. Um, once we get to the, the wedding and, and so on, they become a a stone cold great couple by the end of the film um, yeah. I said no wonder it, this is considered a classic as a musical and a drama it excels and I gave it exactly the same score as you 92 out of 100
1: <laughs> dang spot on. that's got to be a first eh?
0: <laughs> yeah I think it is that's the first time we've uh, we've agreed on the, the total so all that does is leave us to draw next month's two films so let me let me start on with that. Let's run the uh, the generator, and the first one is nineteen forty eight. So let's have a look. We've got an old one for the first time in a long time. Um, so green is agreement is my vote. Wow. Gentlemen's agreement is nineteen forty eight. So let me write that one down. Let's see if we can find it. That might be the problem going back that far. So let me run the second one. Oh, I did have a look recently. I
1: think there's only all but three, I think, that were readily available. So it should be all right.
0: So the second one is a much newer one, 2014. So let me run it and see what we've got. We have got 12 Years a Slave.
1: Oh my word, yeah, which I have seen. That's going to be a tough rewatch.
0: <laughs> so, they are our two films for the month of September 1948 winner, Gentleman's Agreement, and 2014 winner, 12 Years a Slave. Oh, uh, cool. So, thank you for joining me, Tony. No problem. As always, remember if you've enjoyed the, the latest two episodes, go and give us a review on your podcast app of choice. It helps us greatly. And we will be, being, be back next month with two episodes 12 Years a Slave and Gentleman's Agreement.
1: Good night. This podcast is part of the After Dark podcast. Tour.